Video. You know you need it. You know it's all but expected from Gen Z at this point. But you've got no time and little budget, and your Marcom department is two months late on those new program brochures they promised. So asking them to help with a video? Forget it. But what if video could be as simple as sending an email to a prospective student? Meet GoodKind, a video engagement platform designed to make each one of your prospects feel like they're getting the extra special treatment. As an enrollment manager, you're competing for attention. And in a sea full of static, boring HTML emails from other schools, a personal video is how you stand out and drive action. With GoodKind, you can bring your university, faculty, and students to life by designing an engaging, hyper-personalized, and video-first communications journey. Increase applications, increase yield, and decrease melt with the power of GoodKind. Visit wearegoodkind.com forward slash enrollify to book a demo and see just how powerful video marketing can be. Show your face, show you care, see the difference connection makes at wearegoodkind.com forward slash enrollify. Welcome to Fanatical Fridays, a weekly podcast where I sit down with Mickey Baines, a principal at Kennedy & Company, which is a higher education consulting firm, to discuss the traits, the strategies, and the tactics that separate the best enrollment management teams from the rest of the pack. I'm Zach Buzicruz, founder here at Enrollify. Enjoy the show. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Zach. It's another fine Friday here in the spring uh, as, um, well, at least while we're recording this, you know, folks are getting ready to um, have graduations on campus, a beautiful time on campus. Campus is as pretty as it gets, or maybe second prettiest to see opening and closing of the year, the two prettiest times, obviously uh, on the campus. Um, People getting ready to leave campus, whether it's students, sometimes it's faculty who are, you know, on nine-month contracts, uh, changes the work environment a little bit on campus, um, which I always liked and appreciated yeah. uh, very much. So um, super, super exciting times for a lot of our clients. I feel like, yeah, the, the whole, like, the seasonality of higher ed is is fun, right? Like, it's it, it's warm out, it's, it's like humid, and you're like, okay, graduation is just around the corner, like summer is on the horizon. And then when you get back to, to, you know, fall, as the weather starts to get a little bit cooler, there's like, you know, uh, this, this optimistic uh, uh, outlook and perspective on, ooh, all the learning that we're going to dive into over the mm-hmm. next season. So it is, it's fun. I, you know, I don't know that like every industry gets that. Um, and they so definitely cool. don't. It's cool that it's cool yeah. that, that happens here in in our space. It, that exciting launch in the fall, the reflection and celebration of success in the spring, um, and then the entirely different dynamic of life on campus during the summer. Mm. Those yeah. flows, other industries don't get those. I mean, yeah, you know, at retail you've got. I don't know that it's there's a whole lot of happiness to. It. I mean, somebody's counting the cash coming in and gets excited. I'm sure, but you know, you've got the holiday season. Yeah. And it leading up to holiday, which really now starts in July, um, you know, with Christmas in July, which some uh, retail companies do. And then you've got, you know, decorations coming out in August. Yeah. Um, you know, that stuff, I, you know, there's some seasonality there. But I think in higher ed, it's really the best seasonality to it. I mean, just, just that excitement that you get in uh, August 
um, the celebration you get in late April and May. And then, you know, that little bit of life in late December to early January when, when you're in between terms or over the summer, yes, there's a summer session, but it's not the same and not all faculty there. It's just a different pace. Um, I don't know. There's, there's something really, really special about it for sure. And I know everyone listening in our, in our world gets it and, 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 and appreciates it too. Well, hopefully they appreciate it, but I know I always loved it. Yeah. For all of the, uh, the challenges, the industry, you know, faces, at least that's a, that's a, that's a positive sort of, uh, a thing to remember as we, as we think yes. about all of the challenges that, that we face. But, um, so I know that there's a, a couple things we wanted to talk about today, Mickey, the, the first thing, um, that I, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about is how to ask better questions to be able to uh, essentially sort of draw out better stories. So we spent a lot of time talking about, I know that you spent a lot of time talking about this. We've on this podcast, has spent a lot of time talking about the importance of personalizing the student experience, ensuring that we're doing everything within our respective team's power to personalize that journey to enrollment down to the down to the individual prospect and the way that we do that at scale is through marketing automation and you know understanding our tech stack and making sure that our teams are empowered to do these things and, and yada 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 but a core tenant to inspiring any prospective student to ultimately enroll in your in your institution is what do other students say about your college or university right what are what are the stories um, that you can, as an enrollment manager, leverage in order to attract similar students or, or, or other students that might be inspired by by these student stories. And so ultimately, you know, depending on the institution's context, sometimes this falls on marketing's plate, sometimes this falls in, on enrollment management's plate, sometimes it's a, a, oftentimes it's a hybrid. So I thought it would just be mm-hmm. fun to like spend a little bit of time uh, thinking through how do we, how do we as, how do we help sort of inspire the best enrollment management teams to do a better job at sourcing these stories? Are there any frameworks that we would recommend that could be helpful? Are there any specific questions that we think should be asked that might not be sort of like the top of mind, you know, questions that you initially think of when prepping for one of these interviews? So I've got, I've got a couple ideas. Um, but, you know, right off the cuff, like as you think about this, um, does anything stir up inside of you? Like, is there, is there any sort of like, when you think about, uh, sourcing student stories that will then be leveraged for the purpose of recruiting other students, what comes to mind immediately as like a must do or, or, or a must don't. And then I can get into some of, of my ideas. So there are a couple of things before I do an interview, uh, and, and to be fair, it's been a few years since I've done this directly, but a few things that I do that, that I have to be in place prior. A, I find that there's there's a blend, there's there, there's an intersection of is there a good story to tell hmm. of the of, that the student has to bring? And is there other questions I want to be sure that are being answered to provide other value? So how does that story relate to other student prospective students' experience and story? Hmm. Where's that connection? You know, you don't want some some story that could be good, but so far out there that no one else can relate. Um, and it doesn't necessarily get you value. I can't tell you the number of times I've looked at client videos that have been recorded and like, man, this is just pure ego. Yeah. yeah. This, this school has recorded this to pat themselves on the back. And that's the feeling I get from it. Now, maybe I'm skewed. And I, I know to an extent. I so I, I look at that. The other thing I look at when I'm bringing a student in for an interview is 
if they have a good story, they may have the best story and it may be completely relatable. Do they, how well can they articulate that story? Mm. Yes, you can have a great interviewer doing probing questions and, and pull it out of them, but some students are much easier to pull out of than others. And how well do I understand that going into the interview so that when we think about the questions they ask, that we know that we don't ask the, the question I really want up front if I know I've got to really build this person up to open them up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, or prepare whoever else is asking that, like, look, here's the heart of this person's story. So I need to know that going into it before. Like, And then I've talked to this person. It takes a while to draw them out. Here's some leading questions to help get them more comfortable so that then when you're ready for the story, it's more natural uh, and it's a more powerful story. So I think that's those are two key things that I have think about going into it. And I can tell you, I mean, I used to get my stories from from my students when I did them. I, you know, by reading their admissions essays, hmm. I, you know, I, you know, and, and just to clarify, folks, the last time my last role directly in higher ed, I was working with non-traditional students. And so those stories were a little more dynamic at times. I got to see, you know, I, I will always remember, and this is an essay I read from the from a student the last my last year there. And so I didn't get to interview him for a story, but you know, he put on his essay, you know, he's not sure if he could do this program. His last experience before dropping out of college was a math uh, professor kicking him out of class of a calculus class because he wasn't supposed to be in that course. Hmm. He didn't place into that course. Although he had gone through to get permission, that professor said, no, you don't have my permission. You have to leave and made him leave in front of everybody else. And what that did to him. Wow. Now I know because I followed that student, I know he did well and, and graduated from that, from our program, but you know, those, those stories and to see what, you know, he was able to accomplish and what the education then helped him do beyond graduation. You know, that those are the stories I was looking for. And, you know, when you read 300 essays a year, or I don't know how many we had, we maybe 500. I don't, I don't remember how many, but when you're reading that, you can find those. And so I always had a list, like, here's a good story. Now I want to be sure that, you know, it was a two-year program. Hmm. So I waited a year into the program to be sure the student was able to be successful and, and had the right ability to, to succeed through the program. You don't want to do an interview with somebody one month in the program and then something happened, they withdraw. So um, so I waited, but I kept that running list. You know, what's the major? You know, these were mostly at the time physical courses. So you actually go on site and we had uh, seven locations. So I had a balance program, had a balanced location, had a balanced story. Um, and then something else. So, you know, did they, did they encounter an experience through the enrollment process or in a course that's in addition to their story that also provides other value? So, you know, we, we talk about um, duplicating content or yeah. reusing content. So how can I take that one interview and get the story and then get other types of content from it? Um, and so those are all being balanced. And so I just had a, you know, a, a list of, of students to kind of follow and to find the right balance when someone came up because instead of saying hey here are five new testimonials for the year is it's they last for 12 to 18 months and they were just new ones coming out every so often i might do one fell swoop of recording um, for efficiency in, in that process of collecting the stories but i rolled them out every three to four months a new one would come out and so you know that's you know when we get when you get those you, you know when you know that story 
how do you draw, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, how do we draw that story from that student? What, what is their, what do they like talking about? Yeah. So if I know what really drives them and gets them excited, then I'm going to have them some personal questions to get them open up. Then, then I'm going to jump into those things that get them excited. And then I'll pivot to their experience with the program and, and get to the story yeah. because then they're ready to tell and have a nice open and less stressful conversation. You got to get through that stressful moment. Some people aren't comfortable with cameras. Yeah. 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 Um, and you've got to get past that. And, and somehow you have to find a way if to either have enough storytellers, students that can tell those stories so that if someone can't get past that hurdle of a camera and lights in their face, then you don't necessarily have to use that or you don't have to promote it in the same way. And you've got something else in its place. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, first and foremost, I love the fact that like during the actual admissions process, as you're reading student uh, essays, you were, you were already then sort of like tagging students as like, oh, this would be a good person to a year from now, yeah. right? Follow up with. I, yeah. I feel like that's anyone listening that that is if you're not doing already, that's a really simple thing for your team to do. Find some sort of you know easy way to dump this information into a, a shared you know Google sheet if you don't have a CRM that that would that mm -hmm. it would make sense to to tag something like this in. But like that is that is so 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 you know simple. Um, How many times have you started a conversation Zach, with a client and said, okay, do you have people in mind? Yeah. Crickets. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't Crickets. even know they, they don't know where to start, you know, or, or, yes. or where they start is like, oh, let's start with like, you know, the admissions, the, the student workers in the admissions office, which is fine. Like yep. just because they're, they're, they're literally down the hall. Right. And so you can just go bug yes. them. But so I love it's that. It's a love starting point. There. It's a starting but it may point. not be the best story. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I, but I like the, I love the going through in in the uh, in the admissions process as reading student essays tagging them starring them whatever you got to do to make sure that you can come back and reference them later the other thing i was thinking about as you were talking about you know following up with students and some people have really powerful stories but they're not particularly comfortable sharing them or sharing them on camera mm -hmm. um i it, it'd be cool to come up with some sort of rubric for your team like a, a numeric like one to five and then like a to you know you know uh, what is it a b c d e e a to e um where it was something like you know this 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 student is a 1a they have an one being they have an incredible story right like amazing mm -hmm. story and a they're very comfortable mm -hmm. talking about it right versus this is an incredible story they're, they're the story is a one but you know this student they're they're, they're a c or a d right in terms of comfortability mm -hmm. and that way you just have a basic score right uh, and your whoever's going to be conducting the interview, whether it's another student, whether it's a, you know a team member, staff, whoever it is, you know whether it's someone from your marketing department, they can kind of go in understanding. Oh, okay, this is where this person is at, right? And that, to your earlier point, that dictates, right? You have a powerful story, you've got a one story, but you're D in terms of comfortability. Great, we need to ask Mickey six different questions before the one question that we really want to ask him, right? Yes. Versus Zach is a a one A. You can come in and like ask him that you know hard hitting question from day one, from you know the second you sit down, and and he'll deliver, right? Like so. I, I wonder if that's sort of just a super helpful, simple framework or rubric that folks could use when they're thinking about um, how to best to draw out the, the story of a student. Another little intricate detail is energy level. Mm. Some people are nervous and they just shut down and, and they don't speak or they're too quiet. Some, and, and I would say me, I talk too fast. I can get fidgety. And so how do I 
lean into understanding that pace and that energy level and help balance it out. So if they're like me and they're starting jumping in, it's like, so let's talk about next hmm. question. When you slow down to help slow them down. How can you, because I don't necessarily, now look, let's be fair. I got my list of people because I was, I oversee the program. I had to read the the applications um, because I was the final reviewer there for for acceptance. I was also in charge of the marketing pro efforts, and so I so I had those. So yeah. um, and I also have a, a performance background. Like my undergrad is in theater, right? So so I already have some approach to looking at it from these lens. And so you know, as I'm thinking about the per person and how they're telling the story, this I don't like to give coaching because then then it then they it becomes a little forced from mm. the person because they're not a professional speaker or performer. Um, and so, you know, when you, if you give them feedback, you know, can you slow down? Sometimes it, there's sentences, they might slow down, but still become forced. Yeah. And yeah. so can I help inform their pace by creating the pace for them and slowing down? Yeah. Um, well, you know, and, and what that does too, is it prevents the whole like, Oh, well now I'm so focused on trying to slow down that I am leaving out like the parts of the story that are actually the most interesting because I'm so yes. focused on my cadence. Yes. Yes. So, and, and I think those are, are key. And I'm trying to remember how I prepared the student. I mean, I didn't tell them exactly what I was going to ask. Yeah. I would tell them, you know, uh, you know, this is the story that we'll hone in on. We'll spend some time on this. Um, so that they would have some pre preparation to it. But just like we are with this show, my preference is unscripted. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, and I would have some people I worked with in the past that would come and say, well, where's the script? I'm like I have questions, but I have not given the student talking specific talking points. My job if I'm doing the interviews is to pull that out of them. If I'm, if I have somebody else doing the interview, this is what I want you to pull out of them. We're not going to tell them to say this. We wanted to get them as close to this as or natural and as organically as possible, because then it's, it's more real. Yeah. And I want it to be real. Even if it's a real student, real story, if you script it, it's not authentic at the time it's being said yeah. that could have been said by a, an actor at that point. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, in order to get that true, the true emotion out of it. If it's a good story, it's going to have some emotion, excitement, sad, sadness, or appreciation, joy to get that out. It has to be an organically told story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. And it's funny. I, I was thinking about this earlier this morning um, from really from the context of the interviewer, um, because I, I was thinking in any given week, I'm, I'm recording three to five interviews, three to five podcasts typically. Right. And so some of these people like you, right, I know, I know really well, and we can hop on and literally I'm, I'm texting you uh, two minutes before we hop on and say, Hey, what do you want to talk about? Right. And, and yep. we came up with this topic. Right. And, and that's fine. Other, and that's because we built up a, a rapport. We've been doing this for a while. Other people, right. Who I'm sometimes there, they might be a, a, a great leader. They might be a, a CMO or even a university president and used to talking, but the, the way that they're used to talking is very polished, right? It's very prepared. Yes. It's very, it's very canned. Right. And so I always try, you know, I, I have to do the work of trying to draw them out so that they sort of meet the culture of whatever the, the show is. Right. So I was thinking mm -hmm. about this this morning and a few things came to mind of 
how lessons I guess I've learned as as a, a host and things that I'm continuing continually trying to challenge myself to do better. Um, and the the first the first thing that came to mind was just how important it is to transition topics within the context of a conversation with some sort of related anecdote, right? Like you do this actually, you know, very, very well. I think that when it comes to moving on from question one to question two, even a, even especially if you're interviewing somebody that's not that comfortable or you can you can kind of tell that this is one of the, you know, the first times they, they're being interviewed, finding some way to connect with what they just said, right? Even, even like in for 30 seconds, right? can it, it, it makes them more comfortable it increases rapport and then you can use that to neatly transition to that next question or that next topic that you want so that that connection I think is really important and then sort of the 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 second thing that um, comes to mind is just how important it is to ask those follow-up questions ask the question that comes to mind after somebody has said something even if it seems a little bit like, inappropriate or it, it could be perceived as like prying right a little bit too deeply i've i have found over the course of uh my time podcasting that sometimes I'm, I'm i'm hesitant to put people on the spot like that but i've found that that's often where the best insights or like the most magical moments of the story lie is like mm -hmm. it they lie behind that follow-up question and of course you always need to give your interviewee the permission to 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 not answer right or to deflect and that that's totally appropriate but i think our job as as interviewers trying to collect these stories is actually to ask those tough questions or those or those you know slightly more deep uh, uh personal questions because again that's typically what our prospects or whoever the audience that we're delivering the content to mm -hmm. that's what that's what they really connect with as you as you mentioned like that's where that's where the emotion really lives so I don't know. Yep. Those are just two, you know, simple things that I've learned as like an interviewer and continue, you know, to try to to try to get better at and and they can be hard. They can be hard to do well, but I think that if you can do these these, these couple things well, you're going to one connect better with who you're talking to and then two you're going to have way better content to deliver to that to that prospect, mm -hmm. prospect or whoever your target audience is. I'll share one of the things when we're doing our shoot is yeah, we're doing the video. I'm also capturing still images. Um, and one of the things I learned at, from year one to year two, and I that I, I know I carry it with me now, because I had a photographer there and I have a videographer there, two different setups. But I didn't want the photographer taking the photo until after the story was told. Mm -hmm. And I needed the photographer to hear the story because the images that we get of the person need to include images that match the tone of the story. If it is sad but inspirational story i want to get some serious images i want to get some in and so i wanted the photographer to hear that i had an excellent photographer um that we used that was so good at that um and i would have him listen in and then he would go while we're setting up the next person he would go do the the photos with them and get that done in 15 minutes and uh -huh. then you know come back in and, and hear it and it was i love that it, i love that idea like it just it, it helps because you're, you know, when you're telling, when a student is telling a story and you're going to, you're going to have still images with text talking about that story. And then you have the video. Um, and I, I just, I just thought that it mattered. I, I thought instead of always having, you know, some fancy 
smiling headshots. Let's get some serious ones in there if it made sense. If someone had a really funny story, then let's get some silly, funny yeah, images. Yeah. And then you also get the behind the scenes stuff, which you also can use for social media and other purposes to kind of help with extra content. You know, it's great catching up with so-and-so who graduated, you know, three years ago. Can't wait to share um, his story with us or something like that. Yeah, I love that. Well, hey, man, this was fun, uh, short and sweet, but hopefully I think there were at least a couple of good nuggets for folks to walk away with. Storytelling is super, super important to uh, to just really how we communicate generally as people and especially important as it pertains to student recruitment. So hopefully you folks, uh, you, you listen, you, those of you listening in got a nugget or two, uh, as always, if you've got any feedback for us or any topics you want to hear more about, uh, ping us on social media, you respond to, you know, you can email us directly, whatever is most convenient, but, um, thank you, sir, again, for your time, have a wonderful weekend and we'll chat more next week. Thanks Zach. And thanks everyone for listening. Hey, all Zach from Enrollify here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fanatical Fridays with Nikki Baines. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. But Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing, learning community of 4,000 members, and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.